So I did the skippily and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Going to be doing a continuation on with my Latin grammar mini series. This is going to be lesson seven. Um, and in this lesson, we're going to be diving into the third declension, the declension that I like to call um, really the catch all uh, category for Latin nouns in this case. So what we're going to do is we're going to understand uh, further what the third declension is. It's not really much more different than the first or second declension, it, aside from the fact that there are different endings. And alongside that, a whole set of new vocabulary words that we can utilize um, that makes Latin more fun because now we have a whole set of new words that we can pull from in order to uh, do some translating and all that good stuff. So if you're curious, what we're also going to be doing is we're going to be taking a lot of Latin nouns in the third declension. I'm going to be talking about their derivatives, their cognates, so that um, that's what I always like to do, especially with Latin vocabulary. I like to tie it with an English uh, cognate in order to help with that ingraining of the Latin noun. It helps for the retrieval, and it also helps you to understand um well, expand your vocabulary, that is. So if you're curious, you want to learn something new, you want to learn some more. Um, oddly enough, when I've checked my analytics in the past, my third declension noun lesson from way, way, way back in the day is still, um, oddly enough, one of my most listened to podcast episodes. So maybe I've provided a semblance of help for a certain population that is uh, taking a Latin class or something like that. So if you are needing some help, uh, I will try and make this, all this Latin in as much of a layman's terminology as I can for you so that you guys come away feeling a little bit more empowered with maybe, uh, your, your class, maybe, uh, Latin is a source of stress, just like it used to be for me until, um, you know, I started to put in the reps and I started to reflect and I started to see that I was proving myself wrong. That is, I was proving to myself that I could do the thing that I didn't think that I could. So, and that was Latin in this case, as well as many other things that have happened in my life. That's probably how you have gained confidence in your life is by doing something that you didn't do or didn't think that you could do. And then reflecting and being like, yo, Pat me on the back, rocking awesome. I'm a homie G in the hizzle, my nizzle for shizzle. All right, DJ Connerly. DJ Connerly is gonna sh -sh shut up. All righty, let's get on into it, y'all, before I uh, do any more cringeworthy stuff. Yeah, and I was just checking here. It's actually not my top rated uh, episode anymore, but. Um, my third declension, my lesson 10 third declension that I posted back in, uh, 2021 has 267 plays. Oh, well, that's kind of dismal seeing that I posted that two years ago, but it's one of my most listened to. My most listened to is actually future and imperfect tense in Latin that I also published two years ago, but that was two years ago. I also, before we get into it, I wanted to shout out two very awesome, amazing giving individuals that have given me a, a little bit of a plug or not a plug rather, but they gave me a rating on, uh, Apple podcast here. I'll pull it up. Um, they didn't leave. There's no blurb, so I can't chat them out. I'm not sure if Apple podcast 
like first initially puts the ratings on and then it populates all of the other like blurbs and whatnot later on because I've realized that um there's kind of a lag time between when you give a rating and when the rating actually appears on the website on Apple Podcast. Um, no, no further uh, movement has been made on Spotify. We're still at 38 ratings there, but we are now we've gone from 19 to 21 ratings on Apple Podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's get in, into it. Understand the third declension here. And I won't waste your time anymore because we've already encountered the first and second declension. So that being said, let's address the third. A fair question to ask and one which some of you may be asking already is why is there a third declension at all? And in this case, third declension, just like I said before, is Latin's catch-all category for nouns. Into it have been put all nouns whose base ends with consonants. Yep, that means pretty much any consonant. That makes third declension very different from first and second declension. First declension, as you remember, is dominated by an A-stem nouns like femina and cura. Think about feminine quality, proper, uh, proper nouns, proper names. Julia, Faustina, Cleopatra, Lesbia, Livia, Olivia, whatever. All of them ending in an A. I know that that doesn't run across the board, but for the most part, A's give that feminine quality, whereas second declension is dominated by the O or the U stem with nouns like amicus or oculus. This is where we get proper nouns like julius or brutus or crassus. Crassus means fat in Latin, actually, because Marcus Crassus was one of the richest men in Rome in the time when he was uh, part of the triumvirate with Pompey and uh, uh, Caesar, aka Caesar, if you would pronounce it in Latin correctly. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, we have Crassus, we have, um, I said Brutus, anything in U.S., right? We have the feminine Julia and the masculine Julius. See how, like Latin does very well, it uses the gender of the word to manipulate and give it that information, right? Just by giving it a certain ending, it in turn genders that word, engenders that word, if you will. Because of those vowels, rather, we are given a bit of consistency with those declensions. The same is not true for third declension, where one form, the non singular, is affected by the fact that its ending S runs into a wide variety of consonants found at the end of the basis of third declension nouns. And the collision of those consonants causes quite a few irregular forms to appear in the nominative singular. That's the bad news, but the good news is that only one case and number is affected by this, the nominative singular. Just like I said before, typically the first form, either in a declension or conjugation, that first first form can afford those irregularities, so we're not going to refer to that first form to provide the base of the Latin noun that we're trying to decline, that we're about to decline here in a hot sec. All the other case endings begin with na vowels. Why am I saying noun? Sorry, you guys. All the other case endings begin with vowels. And consonants running into vowels do not create the same kind of problem that consonants running into consonants do. Thus, after the uh, nominative singular, third declension forms are regular and predictable, which is a rock and awesome dealio. And here they are. I'm just going to recite them here real quickly, although we'll, we'll leave the form of the nominative and the vocative singulars off. 
um, in this little recitation here because the nominative is irregular and the vocative is always the same as the nominative, remember? Just in that certain case in the second declension um, where it's a little irregular, but it's all good. We don't really get into the vocative. I don't spend a lot of time on the vocative. You guys know me. I don't really talk about it. Coming from woko wakare, which means to call in Latin. So it's the calling case, right? Where you're, it's direct address. Anyways, so let's start with the genitive singular because nominative is just going to be a, I, when I recite it, the whole table, the nominative singular, singular is just a, just a, or you can say various if you want to. I don't know. Genitive though, genitive is going to be is, dative I, M, A, nominative plural, A's, genitive plural, um, dative plural, ibus, accusative plural, A's, ablative plural, ibus. So all together, starting with the nominative grunt, is, I, M, A, A's, um, ibus, A's, ibus. Is, I, M, A, A's, um, ibus, S, ibus. But up until now, we haven't learned any third declension nouns. So uh, we'll have to get one from uh, my head real quickly. So let's let's go ahead and let's do kiwitas, kiwitatis, which is a feminine noun, meaning state in Latin. This is where we get citizenship. This is where we get civil um civilization, all that good stuff. Anyways, so starting off with kiwitas, remember when we look up a Latin noun, those that first form, nominative singular, kiwitatis, the genitive singular form. So it's going to go from the non-nominative singular and so on and so forth, following along with me, kiwitas, kiwitatis, kiwitati, kiwitatem, kiwitate, and then the plural kiwitates, kiwitatum, kiwitatibus, kiwitates, kiwitatibus. While third declension nouns uh, look very different in form from first and second declension, its translation is always the same. That means that kiwitas as the nominative is just going to be the state as the subject. Kiwitatis would be of the state or the state with the tiki mark s, aka states. Kiwitati would be to or for the state, aka the dative, and then so on and so forth. Accusative, the direct object, ablative, the prepositional phrase. I think you get it. Those are the endings used for masculine and feminine gender, but the third declension includes all three genders. Unlike the first declension in which most of the nouns are feminine or second declension in which most of the nouns are masculine or neuter, what we do in the third declension is they lump first or feminine and masculine endings together and then they provide an entire different table for neuter. So unlike that first and second declension, all three genders in the third declension decline in a similar fashion, but not exactly. Only the neuter has a slight variation, as I said before. Masculine and feminine are going to share the same endings in the third declension. Don't ask me why. Like I always say, I was not consulted in the design phase of all of this language and linguistics back in the day, so I can't really go back and ask them as to why they lumped together the masculine and the feminine and then left the neuter aside in the third declension, whereas in the first declension, they left the feminine aside and then they lumped together the masculine and the neuter. I don't know. It just is what it is. Don't at me. And if you do at me, uh, I can't do anything. So... Here are the third declension neuter endings. Uh, we're going to notice the only difference between these um, and their masculine and feminine counterparts 
are in the nominative and accusative and vocative cases. So let's look at the plural first. In place of the ES found in the nominative and accusative plural and the masculine and feminine, there's an A. In the singular, the, the neuter nominative and accusative utilize no ending at all. That was an Indo-European trait inherited by Latin. But that does not mean that the raw base simply sits there because many of the bases in their raw form were considered unpronounceable by the Romans. These lonely bases kind of often changed form dependent upon. So <clears throat> the neuter declension, uh, let's go ahead. I'm going to, how about tempus? Tempus, temporis uh, is a neuter noun in third third declension that means time. That's where we get temporal, contemporaneous, uh, contemporary, com meaning with, tempus meaning time, contemporary means with the times. Skibidabibidabop, that's kind of what it already means according to Almighty Google. Don't at me. And you got you guys know me. I got to etymologize when there's time to etymologize and when there's a good opportunity for me to show you guys some etymology. Starting at the nominative singular, we're going to have tempus, temp and then in the genitive singular, temporis. Now I'm going to go ahead and iterate back through that from nominative to ablative, singular, then plural. Tempus, temporis, tempori, tempus, tempore, tempora, temporum, temporibus, tempora, temporibus. All right? And then in the vocative, we have tempus again. Notice that the base is tempor, it's not tempus, when left alone without any ending with, oh, um, that was a brain fart, sorry. This is because the nature of Latin and how uh, words are pronounced is just the way that this went about, all right? It, it's not going to make much sense if I go from tempus to tempusis. Sounds a little odd. In the end, it's not the endings that are going to cause you problems for the third declension. It's going to be memorizing the gender and the nominative singular form, both unpredictable and often irregular. But luckily, we have dictionaries that can provide some semblance of sanity in this case because you can just look it up in the dictionary. And next to the word, after it gives the nominative and the genitive singular forms, you're going to be see in parentheses either an F, an M, or an N. What do you think F stands for? Feminine. What about M? Masculine. What about N? Neuter. Wow. Not really rocket science here, y'all. Now I'm going to go through some patterns that are useful in helping us memorize irregular third declension nominative singular forms, and then we'll wrap it up here. So if a base ends in a G or a C when it's combined with a nominative singular form ending in S, normally the nominative singular ending will appear as an X, such as Rex, and then the genitive form Regis, meaning king, right? That's where we get regal, regent. Lex legis, Lex legis, meaning law, all right? That's where we get legislation from. That's also where we get legal. That's where we get uh may be legible. Next one, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of another one here real quickly. How about pax pacis, which means peace. This is where we get the word pacified from. Vox, vocis, spelled V-O-X, V-O-C-I-S. This is where we get voice from. This is where we get vocal or voice. Dux, duchis, D-U-X, D-U-C-I-S. See how that X turns into the assimilated 
um, CIS or GIS depending on. So it was either it was GIS with Rex Regis or it was CIS with Vox Wokis or Dukes Dukis, meaning, well, Dukes is leader. All right, this is where you get um, hmm, a Duke. I don't know. Um, Lux Luckies, meaning light in Latin. This is where we get uh, Lux as well. You know, that's a word referring to light. Um, if the base ends in the T, an NT or a D, and runs into the S, uh, most often that will happen. What will happen is the nominative singular will end in an S, sometimes an NS, such, such as with virtus, we get virtutis, meaning courage. This is where we get virtue from. Kiwitas, kiwitatis, meaning state, citizenship. Salus, salutis, meaning health. Laus, laudis, meaning praise. This is where we get lauded from, or summa cum laude. Right? There you go. Um, if the base ends in on or in and runs into the S, it will contract down all the way to the letter O, such as homo, homenis, meaning human. Virgo, virginis, meaning girl. That's where we get virgin from. Or the name Cicero, Cicero. It would be pronounced in Latin Cicero, Ciceronis, meaning Cicero, the great Roman orator. If the base ends in R, when S is added, the nominative singular will be ER, as in pater, patris, meaning father. This is where we get paternal, patriarchy, crest the patriarchy, whatever you want to say with that. Um, paternal, um, patricide, the killing of a father, right? Because side refers to the killing of, that's where we get genocide, that's where we get uh, vehicular homicide, that's where we just get homicide from. Homo meaning mad, side referring to killing. Homicide is the killing of a man. There you go. If you didn't know, there's another another little etymology deal right there. Mater matris, meaning mother. This is where we get maternal, matriarchy, um, matrimony. Frater, fratris, meaning brother. This is where we get fraternity. If you're a frat bro, you'd very well know. Um, if the base ends in AR with S, it remains as AR as in Caesar Caesaris or Caesar, Caesaris meaning Caesar, the Roman general, or exemplar, exemplaris meaning example, example rather. I'm sorry. If the bends, base ends in O R and is masculine or f a feminine noun, uh, with S added, it stays as O R as in labor, laboris meaning work. This is where we get to labor. Amor, amoris meaning love, amor. That's the noun version of the verb form amo amare, amo amasamata, amamasamata, we went over in the first conjugation. If the word is um, O-R or E-R and it's neuter and is S, um, well, what happens? Oh, yeah. Um, it changes to a U.S. Remember, there's no ending being added here. So it's actually a different contraction from labor or amor, such as tempus temporis, right? Meaning time. Corpus corporis, meaning body. This is where we get corporal. Corporal punishment. 
punishment to the body. Opus operis, meaning work. This is where we get magnum opus, meaning the greatest, um, great work, the greatest work of an artist, essentially. Like for da Vinci, the magnum, magnum opus would be Mona Lisa, for instance. And genus generis, meaning sort or kind. This is where we get generation, genealogy, um, <clears throat> And in sadder cases, genocide, right? The killing of a kind or sort. The base, or rather, if the base ends in IT and S is added, the result will either be ES or UT, as in miles, spelled miles, militis, meaning soldier. That's where we get military from. Or caput, capitis, meaning head. That's where we get um, decapitate to take away from the head. Um, it's where we get uh, capital to the head. Um, capitalism is uh, referring to the head of the, you know, the corporation, essentially. That's what, that's where we get the word. It comes from the Latin meaning head. If the base ends in UL or OL and S is added, the result is either UL or OL in the nominative singular, such as sol, solis, meaning son, like solar, consul, consulis, meaning consul, a high executive officer in Roman government. This should drive home the point that third declension is a catch-all category. And if all these irregularities make third declension seem overly complicated, remember that these irregularities involve only the nominative singular. That's it. It's all good. If these patterns do not help you in memorizing please feel to just go ahead, cast this aside. Excuse me. Sorry, you guys. And, well, let's just go ahead and wrap it up here. So here's the third declension noun, amor, meaning love, fully declined minus the vocative, of course, just in review. If we were to add the first or second declension nouns, whereas, meaning true, creating the noun adjective cluster true love, this is what the noun adjective cluster would look like in Latin. Nominative, amor, whereas, genitive, amoris, weri. Amori wero in the dative, amorem werum in the accusative, amore wero. And in the plural, amores weri, amorum werorum, amoribus weris, amores weros, amoribus weris. Note that though the endings do not look alike, these two words do in fact agree in number, gender, and case, but their endings will look different because they belong to two different declensional systems. In fact, be careful. Sometimes these endings do look alike, and in this case of amorum, am, amorum rather, werorum, but in fact they are not alike because the base of the noun amor is, and its ending is um, bleh. There we go. Sorry. Tongue-tied. The base of the adjective true, which is V-E-R, and its ending is O-R-U-M. So that's the genitive plural, where plus orum. So can we translate these forms? Amor werus would just be true love in the nominative as the subject. Amoris weri would be of true love or true loves with a ticking mark S, you know me. Um, and then you can go ahead and finish the rest of the declension, right? So if we were to do the dative real quickly, it would be amori wero, and that would be two or four true love, all right? Do a lot of things for true love, right? We as humans do that, hopefully. Um, so at the end of the day, that's all I have for y'all. 
see how they we can have different endings that are attached to make a noun adjective cluster, but the endings will not match if the uh, words are a part of two different declensional systems. We must be aware of that as we move forward into Latin, um, as we start to blend in more declensions into the equation. So there you all go. I'm going to leave it there. I hope you guys got something very informative from our episode here regarding third declension nouns in our seventh episode here in the Latin grammar mini series. I really appreciate you guys. I really appreciate the ratings. Thank you guys for coming here and supporting me. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Remember to thank yourself or thank somebody that should ought to know that they are thanked. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's somebody else. Maybe that's your feet, pads of your feet, your knees, the backs of your knees, your hamstrings. I don't know. But either way, until next time, Tempo Sest to Skelray.